This is Spoiler Country, a podcast about comics, movies, whatever, but mostly comics. Enjoy. Previously on Spoiler Country, don't face plant, <laughs> don't face plant, and he face planted. <laughs> All right, welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kendrick Rigget, that's Johnny Horsley, and today on our show, The Tangent of Tangents Dos. It's a sequel, baby. It is a We're sequel. back with another How one. How many times have we done a sequel? <laughs> uh, we've done a couple. Like, I mean, we did Investing Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah, but that was a, that was an ongoing thing of investing, because <laughs> we kind of realized we got done. We're like, wow, we didn't really say anything in that first one. <laughs> right. We, we need that episode to make this make sense. Right, right, right. <laughs> We didn't want to actually say how we actually go about and investing. That was actually really fun. We should actually do another one of those. A part three. Investing part three. The updates. The updates. Yeah. (laughs) Books that didn't pan out at all. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Books we were wrong about. Books not to invest in. There's a lot of them. Right. (laughs) Anything that's not on this list. (laughs) So I got two great pickups this week. Oh, yeah? Yes. And a big shout out to... uh, Russ over there at Mill Geek Comics hooked me up with Amazing Spider-Man number 129. That is a grail item, folks. That is a grail item not, for me. Not, not 121, Not right? 121, <laughs> which is another good book to get. That's a callback to our first episode when I fucked up the yeah, numbers. that's right. That's right. But not 121. This is 129. First appearance of the Punisher. Uh, it's a reader copy. It's in terrible shape. <laughs> but I don't care. But it's a, it's, I really it's don't care, man. I, 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 I own that book now. I own that book. And 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 it's, yeah, it's yours. Forever. Yeah, it is. It'll be mine until I die because I'll never give up that book because that is seriously one of the books that I've wanted my whole life since I was a little kid. And when I was a little you kid in to the eighties, you. you couldn't find it unless yeah. you went to a convention. And and my parents weren't not like your parents that were into comic books, right? My dad was the exact right. opposite of that. So <laughs> he's, like, he's nope. not going to take me to something. And he would. And and in nineteen eighty five, that book was probably fifty bucks to a hundred bucks. You know, somewhere around there. Yeah. And there's no way my dad would have spent that kind of money on a book for me. You know? So I had to get it myself. And by the time I'm old enough to get it and have the money to to go, yeah, let's go get it. You know, I'm 43. Yeah, it's expensive. I mean, even at the, even the condition that it's in, dude, it's four or 500 bucks. No, I know. But we did a little bartering. We did some things and I got that. But I got, I got another one too. I got, um, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I got Amazing Spider-Man 194. Which it seemed to be a Spider-Man type of day, I guess. But the <laughs> guess. first appearance of Black Cat. It's a good series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a good, a good and character. A, and that's She's in fun. really good condition. It looks amazing. There's one little thing in the upper left corner that's kind of uh, a little stain on the backside. Yeah. And I don't know if, but still, if there's a way we can we can um, fix that. You, you you can restore it out. Yeah, yeah. if there's some things we can do, restore it. But. Other than that, the book looks immaculate. It looks amazing, and that's a black book. Nice. And you know how black does not cover, doesn't carry over very well. Uh, uh, black crease is really easy yeah, too. Yeah, and it looks really good. It looks really good. Yeah. So I'm very happy. Thanks for us again, Mill Geek Comics. Check them out. They have they're on eBay. He does tons of stuff on eBay. You can call him. He he does a lot of cool. He gets a lot of good stuff. Yeah, he's he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's nice. He's fun to talk with. So yeah, you sent you sent me pictures while you were there, and he had. Uh, Two copies of Marvel Premiere 15, which is the first appearance of Iron Fist, right. which is a book that I want a right. lot. But his, the book that he has, they're not to your snuff. You want him to be close to as pristine as possible. And his had some some tear issues and some 
cover issues that look torn. So you're like, yeah, I got to pass on this one. Yeah, I don't want to. It's not that I want them pristine or perfect. I just want them not torn. Yeah, no, I get it. I get <laughs> you know? it, man. There's no nothing wrong with that. Plus, you've owned that book in the past, and you're yeah. bummed because you never should have sold it. And you're like, I never should have sold that book. Yeah, I I regret more than anything selling my Iron Fist collection because I had the entire Marvel premiere run and one through fifteen of the of the first yeah. series. And, I sold it because I thought it was the right thing to do because I needed the money. But now I'm like, I mean, I can't regret it. I can't look back and, you know, I need I needed money at the yeah. time. I mean, you can regret it, but it's the same thing, right? It's like, <clears> well, I, I did what I had to do at the time that I did it. I mean, right? you know, it's it's all good. and, and It is yeah. what it is. <laughs> and that's a book that's totally possible for you to get again. It's not it out is, of your reach. I'll find, a, I'll find a copy. Yeah, I don't I don't really want I don't I don't need to be perfect. My opinion of a book that I buy is, am I, is it in the condition that I like? Then I'm good. I don't need to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm the same way. Okay, I, so. I want key books, and but honestly, as long as the covers there, they're not torn up. I'm pretty much happy. Well, and to be completely honest, the uh, visually speaking, the difference between like an eight point five and a ten point oh, you're not gonna really notice. <laughs> you know, I think an eight point five you notice, but not a nine point oh and a ten point oh. No, no, I think maybe eight point five. It has like the eight point five. Uh, you can see, spine yeah, you can see some stuff. spine creases or whatever. It's but even then, I don't care. No, I don't. That's the thing. I don't care at all, man. It's just like, because that black cat is like, well, the book probably was, the, the book like a wrecked. six and a half, you know? Yeah. Because that stain and then some some spine ticks. And then that Punisher is probably like a two and a half or a two. Yeah, but who cares? Uh, not who me. Cares? I own it, man. And I'm right. more than happy about it, man. I'm like, dude, that is badish. That is, those are mine, right. you know? And You know, you want to know a secret? Huh. One of the reasons why <laughs> this is okay. One of the reasons why I got out of wanting to be a comic book retailer or somebody that buys and sells comics like high end stuff at shows or on eBay and yeah. stuff is because I got tired of dealing with people who would argue over nine point eight to nine to ten to ten point oh. or arguing like, well, there's a there's an imperfection right here on the corner, so I'm, I need to take some money off of that. And I'm like, you know what? If you, you want to be that anal about your comics, and that's and if you want to go right ahead. Yeah. I, I don't have the patience for that. I, I just, I don't want to deal yeah, with it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's a two way street there, I guess. Cause I think comic book men on AMC for people that have watched it and they want to go in, it, it makes it look like every comic book store owner in the world out there likes to haggle. And most of the time they don't. A lot of them yeah, don't, which I kind of like saying, Hey man, can you give me like a little bit of a deal on this? Or, you know, can you knock something off? Because, they should be getting double of what they bought it for, right? They yeah. bought it for eighty. They should sell. They should be selling it for about one hundred and sixty, and that's just. And there's more to it than just the the bottom. That's just good business. Well, it's, there's <laughs> you have to think about it. There's more to the fact that they're not just buying it at eighty and selling it for one hundred and sixty because you're just hearing the eighty bucks. But that's not really the true value of what they bought it for. They bought it for eighty. No. Then they're paying people to work there. They're paying them in Washington State. They're paying them at least twelve bucks an hour to fifteen dollars an hour to to right. board and bag that book, look it up, manage the 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 condition of it, place it on eBay or in their store. Then to work the the counter until someone actually buys it. Then paying right. for the rent of their their brick and mortar store, paying for the electricity. By the time that's all done. You know, you you probably have a hundred dollars to one hundred and twenty dollars invested into that book alone already, and you right. have to think of all the things that goes into them to be able to to, to sell it for one sixty. It's not like you know. I think it's different for like you and I that are just working out of our bedroom and saying, "Oh yeah, I bought it for this right. much. I'll sell it for this much." Oh, somebody wants you know want to give me twenty dollars more than I paid for it. Then that seems fair to me. I'm good, you know. But for a comic but book for a store, store owner, different. they've lost yeah. money at that point. Yeah. 
It's if if you own a store, you're not and you're not selling your books for at least double. You're losing money yeah. on them for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting to see people's reaction. And when you watch that show, it's hard to you know I don't know what they pay for their books, right? And you don't know what's going into it because they're not telling you that part. It'd be kind of cool if they did tell you about that kind of stuff. It'd be kind of cool if they explained the back end of it, like oh yeah, okay, you know we you know we we paid eight dollars for this book. We've had the book for this long. This is the the cost associated with that. So we have to sell it for. $110 to break even. Well, I've seen them when I these when I watch them sell their stuff, especially some of their Silver Age key books, they give a really yeah. fair value. Oh, they do. Like, yeah, they do. It's like I can't even find it for that much on eBay. Yeah. And I don't know if yeah. it's just for the show, you know, to, to make good show, you know, just to get somebody to buy the book and go or or what. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, I, I have to assume that they probably get, I mean, they're a prestigious store, so I mean, a lot of people go to their store just to go to their store, yeah. you know. And they probably get collections called into them all the time because people people will think of, hmm, I have comic books. Or I inherited comic books. Oh, let's call it Secret Stash. Or you know, there's a couple of comic book places in the, in the country that people call when they have when they find collections. You know, and they're they're probably one of them. Yeah. And there's I, I just imagine they get they get stuff for they, they get good deals and stuff, but still they they got to make a living and they got to make money off their stuff. And they got to pay their employees right, and shit. Right. Well, they shown the one where that lady brought in her husband's comic book collection, and it was so key and so good. And he had all the keys from the 60s because he bought them as they came out, like Fantastic Four, number one, and yeah. Justice Leagues, and all the ones you could ever th- hope to have. And they were like, you know what? We can't buy this from you. It would not be fair for the price we have to pay f- we'd have to pay for it, and it's worth too much. You need to do an auction right. for this. And they helped yeah. her set up That's an auction cool. and do all that kind of stuff. That was really neat. That's just being honest. That's being a good, a good person, which I, I mean, they didn't, they didn't have to do that. There's nothing told them they had to do that. That's you right. Know? That's right. That's right. They could have just bought them for the low price and, and made their cash on them, you know, but- it's such so a much a character, especially when you, you know, for, you know, sacrifice your profits or whatever, just to make sure somebody else doesn't get screwed. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of people, there's some famous, it's kind of funny to say this, say it this way, but it, within the comic book collection community, there's a few famous investors or guys that you buy your, you can buy books from. Like, I can't find it here. You know, you can go. There's a couple guys that are at every single comic con across America and they always have a lot of their stuff. There's one guy, I'm not going to say any names because I don't, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's not appropriate, (laughs) but there's one guy that I've talked to quite a few people that most of the time they don't like him. They don't like the way he he acts with his I, books. I know, he, I know exactly. And then there's some. About. There's there's one guy that I know that loves him, but they're, th- but the rest everybody else kind of thinks of them the same way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. So it's like, oh, okay. But you know, the, I think the problem is is that they buy their books and they're way overpriced compared to everybody else. Yeah. Well, because that person, I, I pretty, I'll, I'll say it off air, but uh, to make sure I had the right person ahead. But if it's the same person I'm thinking of, it's. Uh, that person overprices everything for conventions yeah. because they know there's going to be people who will just walk in and pay it. People who aren't hip to what things cost these days, or it gives them plenty of room to, uh, to, to work with, to haggle or to shirt for trades. Right, 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 right. Here, I just, I just sent it to you. And- yeah. Yep. That's exactly, exactly who I thought yeah. it was. Yeah. I've had, I've talked, I've talked with him. My dad, my dad knew him. This guy way back in the yeah. day, back when he first you know started, and he's been the same way the entire time. My dad knew him, the entire time that I knew him. I actually went to his booth to buy a copy of World's Best Comics, yeah. which was the the before World's Finest Number One, pretty much the the one from um, the World's Fair or after after the World's Fair. I mean, and he had one. It was beat up, and it was like 
$800 or something like that. This is back in the early 2000s. I was like, I want it. So I saved up. It was, I was, it was back when I was going to buy Daredevil 1 or something else. And that was one of the, one like the five or six books I was looking into with my uh, money that I had. And he had one and I went to talk to him and I was like, oh, hey, you don't, you don't see this book often at, at, at shows. And he was like, well, I see him at every show I go to because I have him. I'm like, well, good for you, dude. That's such a douche thing to say, man. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, that phrase can be said, like, you know, jokingly, but it was very much said in, well, I've got it. So I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, there's no joke involved. It's very much meant to be a show off. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) I actively avoid going to his booth at shows. So it's just unfortunate because he does get some cool stuff. And and it's like, it's cool to go over there and check out what he's got, but I never buy anything from him, you know? He was talking to my dad in Portland one time about the quality of books and how he gets the the rare books. And he basically told my dad, he's like, well, if you don't have the money to buy the good stuff, you really probably just shouldn't be in the business. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, there's a lot of the business where people can't afford your $3,000 books, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, the, and what about the love of the medium and just loving right. the, the genre? It's the what it is for what it is. What about people who want to read comics? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you're only in it to make money, you're probably in it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. What you mean? If, if you're using it for investment, then, then you should be you only know, purchasing whatever. like golden age books anyways at that point. Yeah. Right. Don't purchase newer stuff because <laughs> you're wasting your money. Cause it's not going to, it's not going to hold value. I'm getting a, I have, I have on layaway. <laughs> That's on the layaway. only way to put it. it. It really is on layaway. Uh, Eerie number four, which is a 1953 book. Uh, pre-comic codes, obviously. Yeah, uh, it's yep. amazing. Zombie t- chasing a, a, a girl down a, a long, twisty driveway with the haunted house-looking house on top. Uh, a yeah. classic, amazing cover. I'm excited to get it because I've never owned a book pre-comics code authority. Yeah, really? yeah. So I'm very excited to get this book, and it's gonna. It's costing me a little bit of money. You know, it's like about yeah. 350 bucks. Um, but for but me, it's not. I mean. Yeah, it's it's. I'm not buying it so that I can sell it in a year or two. I'm buying it for one. I want to read yeah. it because I've never had an opportunity. Uh, well, I've read horror books from the '50s like online. You know what I mean? But to hold it, but in to your hold hand it in my hand, and I almost want to like get in my bed and put the covers on and read it with a flashlight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a, a kid would have done in the '50s. You know? Right. To experience yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And and just gonna that whole thing. But and I saw that at <laughs> Russ's shop, and I was like, I have to have this book, dude. He's like, well, it's on yeah. consignment. I said, I don't give a fu- I don't, I don't, I don't we got to figure this out, dude. Right. <laughs> and the guy who owns it is down in California. He was cool. He's like, yeah, man, just, just we'll, we'll just do like a layaway thing. That's fine. I was like, sweet. Cause I didn't, I just don't That's have awesome. that kind of cash to, I mean, I, well, I, I drop, could it's hard do to drop it, that much but money it was like, ah, I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? I'd rather just plink at if it. If you can spread it out, it's, it's easy. It's easier on the wallet. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Well, it's easier <laughs> to explain about it later on. <laughs> Right. Why, how how right. much you spend on this? Well, just don't ask. Just don't ask that question. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah, I, uh, those those fifties horror books are they're, they're a trip, man. When you get to read them, they're they're fun. Yeah, yeah. So I was just, I'm excited to get it. I can't wait to be able to pick it up, and I'll have it in like in a month or two. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of sad right now. Um, I'm getting pre sad right now because I'm about to sell off a bunch of my older comics. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. I'm like, you're, you're like, I need to get a house payment. I'm like, how are you, are you gonna how you do that? I'm just gonna sell some comic books. Jesus Christ, dude! Right, you want enough books to do that? Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, well, more well, power I, to we, you. We're, we're trying to buy a house, yeah. right? And we need about ten to fifteen thousand for a down payment. Right. And it's just like one of those things where like, I have all these old comic books, and yeah, I love them to death, but they are just sitting in a box. And if I, I, I you know, I could always buy them later if I really want them back. It's just which, some of them have 
sentimental to me. I'm like, I don't know if I want to sell these. (laughs) How are you going to part with the sentimental ones? What are you going to do? Are you going to write them all? Get like create a list and then go through which ones? Okay, and just hit the ones that are worth the most, or what? I don't know yet because um, I have two copies of Action Comics 252, which is the first Supergirl, which is a pretty pricey book these days, and those were from my dad, so I don't necessarily want to sell them, but. That's a couple grand right there. Well, you got to look at it this way. Your dad got those books in hopes that this something like this would be available to do. Right. right. He he bought these books to invest for the future to where if I mean, if this, I, this is the, the reason that me. you have them is to be able for this. Yeah. If you're not going to sell it to help with somebody's college dreams and funds, then buying a yeah. house and helping the, do the down payment is the next logical thing that you would do. So no, I know, I know. And what's funny is Kaylee's trying to talk me out of it right now. <laughs> oh, is she? Well, I mean, it depends on yeah. what you guys can do and swing and how you can swing it. So well, she's like, she's like, I don't ever want to be the wife that makes you sell your stuff to, for you know whatever. I'm like, you're not making me sell anything. I'm, I'm this was my idea to, to to raise the money, and she's like, I know. She just hates to see me sell stuff that was my dad's. You know? Yeah, I, I mean, which I get. I'd sell everything, again, like you said. I'd this, sell everything my dad owned if it meant that I got a house out of it, though. Exactly, and that's like like you said. This is. If I had to ask my dad, say, "Hey, Dad, if, can, if, would you care if I sold your comic books to, for a house payment for a house down payment?" He'd say, "No, absolutely, go right yeah. ahead." Did I mean, he or did he not sell Superman number one so that he could pay his rent? Yeah, he did. He sold it. He sold Superman one through four twenty three to pay his rent. Well, there you go, man. That's why you got you know, him so, there. That that that's what having hard commodities allows you to do. You don't yeah, have it liquid, yeah. but you have a hard commodity that you could that you can turn into liquid and make that down payment. That's what it's for, man. Yeah, I know. It just the it, you know I'm an emotional guy, so I'm like, ah. but I well, mean, it doesn't mean it has to be I'm that do particular it I have book. To. You have other ones. No, no, I know. So if anybody listening wants to buy a bunch of old Superman books dating back to Superman number six, uh, hit me up on Twitter. <laughs> Watch <Y-2-C-L. laughs> We'll you talk. Have Superman number six. <laughs> yeah, I have Superman number six, number twelve, such an number asshole. sixteen. <laughs> How am I an asshole? <laughs> I have two copies of Jimmy Olsen number one. Oh, that's funny. I have a complete set of Lois Lane. Lois Lane. Yeah, Super's Friends Girlfriend Lois. I have, I have a, com- a complete set. How much that's? How, what do you think that's worth? It's worth a lot because it started in like, it started in the mid fifties. Oh, I didn't know that. So, yeah, it's and it also in that series has. I mean, but you the got first these books because, because your dad was into it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had my dad for your dad, you'd be like, I don't have any of that shit. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you might still be well, into I, comic books, but you wouldn't have any of that stuff. You'd be like, Yeah, no. Yeah. So I mean, I'm actually. I mean, I, I'm. I'm excited to get past this part and sell them and, and get the house and have a house again. Cause I mean, we sold our, we sold our house a couple of years ago. We've been renting ever since and I'm excited to own a house again. So hopefully, hopefully I am accurate in what I think that I can get out of these. I mean, the ones I had stolen, I, I got, I got the insurance, you know, I did the insurance on them. It was like $9,000 for the comics got stolen out of one box. Yeah. So, well, you know, you write, you write the list out, you go through it and you, and you start with some low level ones to, to the point where you want to, you know, where you're, you got what you need. And maybe the like the, the Action Comics 252 never gets put into that pile. Yeah. We'll see. Hopefully not, because I'd, like I'd like to keep those two, because those two are pretty cool books. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty neat. It's pretty neat. I had some guy come out uh, buying some comics about six months ago here. I sold him some um, lower stuff, you yeah. know? And he saw the Action Comics here in my case. He's like, you want to sell that one? I was like, well, make me an offer I can't refuse. It's like, well, how about $500? I was like, you're crazy. <laughs> I can refuse that one. <laughs> Yeah, I, can, I can refuse that one easily. What would like, be what well, would be the one you can't refuse for that yeah. book? Well, it grades out at like a six five or a, between a six and a six five. Yeah. One of them does. So that's like three thousand dollars book value at least. Wow, 
couldn't even imagine. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I'll sell it when I have to sell it. And hopefully uh, my plan is to sell, like I said, my actual plan is to start with the lower stuff and sell all the stuff I don't care as much about first to yeah. see if I can raise enough money with that and just keep the keep the ones I like yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Does your sister still have still a lot have, of comic books too? She has all the ones my dad left her. Yeah, that's it. And some of the ones I mean, I've given her, I buy her some comics every now and then. I'll buy her some Wonder Woman's here and yeah. there for her birthday and stuff. But does she have? Like, does she have ones some early ones like you too? Or um, the oldest ones she has is she has some like late sixties Justice Leagues from my dad. She didn't get any of the Golden Age stuff. Oh. Is she into it as much as so, you? I mean, I know you guys. Did some stuff no, not to as get much. together, but she's not really into it like you are. No, she actually she she actually has a hard time reading reading comic books because she's so used to reading books books yeah. that when she reads a comic book, following the narrative of how the panels go, it's like she goes, it just confuses her for some reason. No, oh. but she has um. So when my dad's collection got split up, he passed away, and then I I was the one in charge of splitting it up. Him and I talked about who gets what. Um, the only one who got anything Golden Age was was myself, and then my sister's son JT. Uh, who got Superboy, and which was had some Golden Age, you know, Superboy two, which was the earliest one week he got, and he had, which is a, a Golden Age book. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So oddly enough, my dad had two copies of Superboy two, so he got one, and I got oh, one. Nice. Oddly enough, he says <laughs> it was nice. Did you buy one of those Action Comics two fifty two? Did they both come from your dad? Both from my oh. dad. Nice. And here's the kicker: he bought them back in two thousand uh, two thousand two. He paid like under two hundred dollars. Uh, a piece under 200 bucks a piece yeah anything in the golden age though man you don't even have to look at the number if you get a key you get lucky right yeah <laughs> but other than that you don't really need to worry about it just pick it up if you if you got something there staring yeah. in your face and you have the ability to get it just get it yeah because golden age stuff i mean besides just being worth money it's just fun to read it because it's such a different oh era. my god it's so it's weird you read it and you're just like this makes this is idiot this is idiocy. <laughs> you know, when you read it, you're just like, how can anybody have taken this seriously? But then you got to realize the the innocence of the time. Yeah, it was different. Yeah. Different times. Yeah. So uh, you posted something kind of kind of funny. The life and the Venom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so the Venom movie could be interconnected to the life movie that came out, what, a year ago with Ryan yeah, Reynolds and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Right, because it was which would actually be really cool if it if it is. It'd actually be pretty cool if they, if they connect them, even if they weren't meant to be connected. If they just if they just like make it connected now. Well, there's that'd the, be pretty the, cool. The biggest part of it is what's the name of the company? Like the name of the company is the both is, is the same in both. Yeah, yeah life something yeah. other. And the symbiote, uh, the, the symbiote or whatever is in life is very symbiote like, like Venom. Right. And it would be cool if they if they use that movie as a backdoor way of bringing the symbiote to Earth. Because from what I have read, that movie ends with Jake Gyllenhaal's character, you know, crashing on Earth or whatever, and the symbiote coming out of his stomach or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I haven't watched it yet. I, I want to watch it. I haven't watched it, but when I, I remember watching the trailer, and the first thing I thought was, this feels like the alien symbiote from uh, Venom. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't think that. that was my, my whole feeling when I first watched that trailer was, this feels like a, a Venom, like an intro to Venom or something. Right. That's pretty interesting. I talked to Kaylee about it back then. She's like, "You're a dork." And I'm like, "I know, I'm a dork." <laughs> I wonder though. But I hope. I mean, I mean, if so, that'd be cool. You, know you think it'll be cool? I mean, because I you're like, awesome. this might make the Venom movie cool, and I'm like, that's what makes the Venom movie cool. <laughs> well, no, it make so it would. I don't mean to make the it make the movie cool, but I, the connection would be cool. Yeah. I just hope that they'd make the movie better. <laughs> I mean, it means nothing for how for the Venom movie being good or bad. It just means that the buildup would be cool. How do you treat the timeline? I have no. I don't know. That's it, the it, biggest it thing, right? Is the, is the timeline? Are they just gonna say? Are they just 
going to like kind of talk about what happens in New York and then move on? Or are they just completely ignoring the whole thing in New York and, and Spider-Man? I think if they completely if if they completely ignore Spider-Man in New York and just have Eddie Brock being in San Francisco and getting the symbiote there, I think they're going to they're going to shoot themselves in the ass pretty hard doing that because a lot of fans are not going to like that. And there's already a lot of fans talking about just not going like vote with your wallet and don't see this movie. Yeah, but that's stupid. I mean, if you like the movie and it ends up being cool, then why do you care? I mean, I don't want them no, to I change no, no. the the hit. I'm, I'm not saying you know, vote with your. I'm. I'm just saying the whole vote with your wallet. I mean, if you like the movie, go fucking see it. Don't. No, don't yeah, let anybody like tell movie, you but- not to do something like that. Go if you want to see the movie, go see it. But that being said, if they change the whole history of Venom, that w- it doesn't mean that I'm not going to like the movie or give it a chance. It just means that they're they're going to take away a very rich history that has been in play for over thirty years. Yeah, well, and they're going to take if they take away that connection between Venom and Spider-Man of how Venom becomes Venom, they're the anything they try to do in the future with it is is not going to be as impactful because part of what makes Venom such a great character is how he became Venom, how the symbiote started off on Spider-Man and then went to Eddie Brock and has been trying to get, you know, well, all they have to do, to do it is mention why he's moving to, to San Francisco. They don't have to show yeah. Spider-Man. They don't even have to do flashbacks with Spider-Man. They just have to talk about it and saying, yeah, you know, and and leave that door open for a prequel or for Spider-Man to catch up to the point where it's where Venom is part of it. You know, that's yeah. all they have to do. So as long as they do that, they leave that door open and it'll be good because Tom Hardy is a beast. And so when they said Tom Hardy was playing Venom, I was fully on board, dude. I was like, oh shit, this getting real. Yeah, I like, I love the idea of that. I, I, I think Tom Hardy is a great actor. I just He's wish good that at everything. I just wish they'd be like, okay, this we're making a Venom movie. It's it's in the same universe as Tom Holland, or it's it, there's a Spider Man. You know, it, it's in the same Spider Man universe, or or there's a Spider Man or something to connect you to Spider Man. You know? Yeah, yeah. I wonder. It, I mean, it'd be like they announced that like movie when Robin, they were still doing it with Andrew Garfield, right? Uh, yeah, a long time ago. I mean, it, it'd be it'd be like them doing a Robin movie, but not mentioning Batman ever. <laughs> Or you know? doing a Nightwing movie and, and not mentioning yeah. Batman. Right. Well, you can't you can't have. I mean, yeah, you, you can't have Robin without Batman. You can't have Nightwing without Batman. It just it doesn't work. Well, you, you can know? have Nightwing without Batman, but if you have the first movie and don't mention Batman or show Batman at least in the first one, then it's like well, you don't even you don't even understand well, the yeah. connection. I mean, we can't you can have Nightwing without without Batman in it, but you can't have Nightwing without him having been Robin with Batman. That's what I'm yeah, trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. You have to so. have that historical connection. Because yeah, there's a lot of people that that watch these movies that never read the books that don't understand the history that you and I are talking about, and that's fine. Yeah, you know what I mean. It is fine. Then it if is they fine. love the movies and they're into it, that's totally fine. And and we're just kind of nerd fanboys, so it's like, oh yeah. Well, but it's not so much that I'm against him changing. I'm not, I'm not against him changing things in the movie. Just don't change the core elements of things. You know, keep the spirit of the original there. Well, they did and in modify Thor. it to your medium. Yeah, they changed Thor, but they kept, you but know. That's a core element, man. That's a huge part. They just, they just. What, did, what do you mean? When they made Hela the daughter of oh, Odin. That. Th- I mean, that completely changed the family dynamics of 50 years of writing comic books. Yeah. That's, that's a huge difference, man. That's not like, oh, not a big deal. We're just going to do this, you know? And they yeah, just kind of did it nonchalantly. And, and I mean, the movie still kicks ass. So at the end of the day, I don't really care. But they did change a very core fundamental ideology of the book. They did, but it's also Hella. No one would ever 
lump Hella in the same category of a character as Venom, though. Like, Hella does not have the same impact in the pop culture nerd world of comics as Venom does. Well, yeah, you know? yeah, but that's that's a given. Nobody's cosplaying as, as, as Hella. Nobody's doing oh, Hella I bet fan you people art before this movie. I bet you people now, are cosplaying this year. You know, but look at, I mean, look at Venom over 30 years. He's an incredibly popular character. It's, Susie, it's, he, it's, the first time he was on, people were like, yeah. What the fudge? It's it's different it's different to change the the core backgrounds of a secondary or a third character like Hella than it is to change something of like a, a primary character like Venom. It's it's, right, it's I different. Get you. You know, like you it's could, like changing the background of Magneto or changing yeah. the background of Wolverine or Spider-Man or Yeah, or or changing the background of, you know, uh that guy in the background who nobody cares about, you know. It's like it's different. You had to if they, if they're a core A-list character or somebody people know then I mean, Wolverine, you can't you can't really say Wolverine because they've changed Wolverine's origins and how he came to be like a thousand times in the comics. So he's constantly changing how he got his powers and shit. Yeah, yeah, they could with Venom. I mean, they well, no, they can't. It's so intertwined. It's so yeah, intertwined. He is connected to Spider-Man at the core. Yeah, yeah. Is he <laughs> Spider-Man's greatest nemesis? In my opinion, yes, because and it's he's weird to think to sense. say that because he's thirty years after the book premiered. Yeah. You know, almost 30 years. Because it was like, what did, when did Spider-Man come out? 61? 62? 63, I think. And that book came like out that. in, what, 88, 89? Yeah, something like that. That's crazy. I mean, it was issue 300. It was 300 issues in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's crazy to think about that. You know, if you think about all the all the arch enemies Spider-Man has, and it takes 30 years to get to the one that everybody thinks is his number one. I think what makes him the number one too is is more than just him being a good villain. Is is the symbiote itself started out with Spider Man, so he sees part of himself in Venom. Yeah. You know, well, it was a slow burn. Yeah, it was. You know what I mean? Secret Wars two, and it was four years later that they introduced the the culmination of what happened in Secret Wars two with the symbiote. Yeah, that's nuts. Right, and, totally. And nuts. I wonder. It, it makes you wonder: was that a planned thing? I th- no, it wasn't. If you read the from what my from what I've read about Venom, they didn't know they were going to make Eddie Brock Venom when they created the Alien symbiote because they Marvel was very much playing the what do the fans want game. Yeah. So they redesigned the costume, made it black, they they created People the symbiote. People like that black a, costume, man. People, they thought they were going to get a lot of backlash, and I remember a did. lot of people liking they it. Got a, they got a ton of backlash, which is why they took them out of the costume. No, dude. No. Yes. No. Yes. No, you did this before. No. No, because I remember... I remember that a lot of people liking it. The old school people that read it in the 60s and 70s were the ones that were all up in arms. But everybody that was a teenager, which is your your future people, were the ones that were loving the black costume. Yeah, but that's not what Marvel did. They listened to the older people who were spending the money at the time. Yeah, well, they're stupid. The older guard, and they said, <laughs> oh, they don't like the black costume. So they took them out, moved them out, and then they started getting letters saying nobody liked it. So they then they had him go back into a black costume that wasn't the symbiote. Right. Because if they, they were playing, Marvel was playing the "What do people like?" game very much. So as you know, put him in black, redesign. Oh wait, they don't like that. Take him out. Oh wait, they did like that. Put him back. Oh wait, they don't like that. Take him out. They did, they put it back and forth like for like four years on that costume, and then eventually they took the costume. And they introduced Eddie Brock in oh, Spider Man two ninety eight, two ninety nine. What? Oh my god! I just killed a big ass spider with my laptop. Oh god! It was fucking <laughs> huge, dude. <laughs> Well, then. I don't even want to lift the laptop right now until I get home. I'll be back. All right. Oh, my God. Man, you should have bit you. You could have become Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. You there? I said you should have you let it bit you. You could have become Spider-Man. Oh, my God, dude. That was a big old fuck, dude. That oh, that, I'm not scared. I don't get scared of spiders so much, you know? Right. That fucking thing was huge, dude. 
it was like bigger. Well, it pitched good timing. Than a fifty, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> that thing was bigger than a fifty cent piece. It's a big spider man, dude. It was, <laughs> and it comes running from Stella's um, pen, right. <laughs> and it just comes straight at me, dude. Coming on the floor, coming right. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh shit! It was so huge, and it was just coming. It's like, at come at me, bro. Yeah, dude. It was me, coming right at me, and I'm like, it's going right for my chair, dude, that I'm sitting in. And I was like, oh my god! And I just took my laptop and dropped it right on it. I'm like, oh god, no! And I just dropped it right on it. I was like, oh shit! And then I didn't want to lift the laptop because I was like, what if it's still alive? It's gonna be pissed. And I'm like pushing the laptop down, and then I went and put my shoes on just in case. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then took the laptop, and I was like, oh, thank God, and then had to go pick it up with the paper towel. That thing was nice. nuts. Okay, you know <laughs> nice. what, dude? Instead of us just talking bullshit, because this is an interesting topic when it comes to Spider-Man. Spider-Man is probably Marvel's most, through time, is probably their most um, important character they ever created. Oh, it is. It's the most profitable character, too. Yeah. And so I want to get it right. You know what I mean? I think we should do an episode where we talk about the evolution of Spider-Man, starting with yeah. Ditko and Kirby and ending at least in 1990. And I'd yeah, actually no, prefer to go that. all the way up. Um, I don't really care about two today because I don't think anything, you know, actually we should go, we should go all the way up to Miles Morales because yeah, there are, because I didn't know anything about Miles Morales until you told me about him. I only heard that. You know, oh, they made a, a a black Spider-Man. Well, I didn't, I didn't know he was black. Oh, okay. I, 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 I didn't know he was black. I thought he was um, Latin. Oh, he's both. He's he's half. Okay, whatever. He's half black, half Latin. Let's you know. And and I just took it to the fact that they just made him. They just diversity for diversity, as opposed to just making a cool character. You know, and that's what my problem right. is. It's like why change? You can't call him Spider-Man. But I didn't know the story behind the whole thing. Right. Yeah. And so I think it'd be interesting to go and, and do some research and start from the 1960s all the way up to yeah. at least to Miles Morales. And then in between there, we can actually talk about the costume changes and everything. Because I remember as being a kid and because I was 11 when they did Secret Wars 2. And, 84. And I read those. Yeah, but it finished when I was like 11. And so like 85, right? When it finished, I don't know. It started. It started eighty four when the black costume. The black costume debuted in eighty four. Okay, well there you go. So I was 10, 11, somewhere, whatever. I was probably eleven when I read it. Put it that way. I never owned Secret Wars right. two. I probably, but yeah, you know, I was think. Well, it wasn't in two. It was Secret Wars one. It was the first Secret Wars. Oh, was it? Happened the, it was the one. first one. Okay. Yeah, the second one was with the Beyonder, and it was really it didn't sell very well. The first one was the one with the with the costume. Oh, I thought it was the second one. Nope. Are you positive? It was issue eight of Secret Wars. Are you looking at it right now? I. I can look it up if you want me to, but I've owned that book a thousand times. When did the, I guess, it'd just be the first appearance of... Secret Wars 8. <clears throat> oh, well, there you go. I always thought it was Secret Wars 2. So anyways, nope. and then and then, then it debuted in Amazing Spider-Man in issue 252. Yeah. yeah. Right? And then... Which actually which, which actually came out, uh, I think, the same month as Secret Wars 2. Well, there you go. Or Secret Wars 8, I mean. Yeah, so there you go. And I, I've owned that copy multiple times. That's a, that's a great key book to have, actually. Spider- Amazing Spider-Man 252 because they recreate a classic cover, but with the black costume instead. Well, they recreate Spider-Man number one. Uh, Spider-Man number one. Okay, I, I wanted to make sure that. It was- oh no, sorry, no. Amazing fans. Sorry, Amazing fans 15. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, and so it's a classic cover. It's cool looking, and it 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 just it it, it's it holds its its value very well. It's 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 a great homage. <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> 
Because they're both the correct way to say it. <laughs> yeah. So what happened? So okay, I, you know, I, I, so I agree. Yeah, we should table it and go back. I mean, I have a bunch of information on the black costume I could talk about, but we can we can table it for this episode. Come back to it on a Spider-Man episode. Where we have you know a lot of time to go into it. Which it's fine. That's a good idea. Yeah, because it's cool. It's cool. I mean, there's a lot of different things for it. I just remember being when when I was a teenager, everybody loving the black costume, and it was only the guys that were in their 30s and 40s that were all like, "Oh, it should be black and or red and and blue," and it was just yeah. like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> But, you know. Well, I mean, what happened? I don't know. Do you want me to tell you what happened yeah. now? Yeah, like, yeah real no, quick? we're going to go back and do it again anyways. Right. So what happened was, is they announced they were going to change. There's rumors that the costume was going to be changed, right? It was supposed to happen all in Secret Wars 8, but because the books got delayed in time, printing time, uh, it makes it Spider-Man 252, which actually is technically an in the storyline, takes place after Secret Wars 8, but was published five months before Secret Wars 8. Yeah. That's why the costume appeared appears first in... Amazing Spider-Man, and then later in Secret Wars, which tells the origin of the, of the costume. Oh wait, wait! I didn't realize that. So yeah. Spider-Man Two Fifty Two comes out before Secret Wars. Yeah, by like five months. Whoa! Yeah. So there was rumors saying Spider-Man is getting a new costume before the before it was ever anybody ever saw it. They, Marvel started getting letters saying, "Don't change the costume. Don't please don't change the costume. Keep it the classic." From a, a ton of people, to where they're like they they started working on a reason. Okay, now we have, we have to finish our storylines with the costume, and then we need a reason why Peter doesn't want the costume on. But then by the time they got to working in the why it's an alien symbiote, why they're going to take the costume off, people started writing in letters saying, no, no, we love the black costume. It's awesome. Yeah. So then they got the symbiote off of Peter, and then Black Cat, they, they had Black Cat right. make him a black costume. <laughs> so, so we're both they, right. Then they had him come off, and then, became, then, then, he came, then, then they wanted to bring the costume back, and a new character called, and, and Todd McFarlane brought, you know, created Venom. Uh, in two nine or issue three hundred, and created Eddie Brock in issue two ninety eight two ninety nine. There you go. So yeah, <sighs> we gotta have that. We gotta you know we'll plan this out. And do we'll a full do Spider-Man a, yeah, episode. we'll do a full and and really Spider Man is such an epic character, and I love Spider Man. That was oh, that was the I love him too. He's, you know he's one of my favorites. Yeah, he deserves his own episode, anyways. He, he does. deserves a month, really. <laughs> <laughs> we could do we could do a month of, on Spider Man if we wanted yeah. to. It's easy. Yeah. Yeah, he's just such a cool character. So there you go. I'll get emotional about it if I keep talking about him. Right. <laughs> All right. So we'll plan a Spider-Man episode here pretty soon. We'll probably, we'll do it pretty soon, so we don't have too much time between this and that. Yeah, that'll force us to do the uh, the research. Right. Because people are going to hear us talking about it now, and they're going to say, "No, no, they, you guys said you were going to do one. Where's the dad?" Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get that done. So that's cool. So the Venom movie to wrap it back <laughs> around <laughs> looks like shit. I think it looks cool. I'm excited to watch it. I- I'm excited it to watch like, it. It looks like. It looks like your generic. Thr- I mean, it's just a teaser, and that's fine. I get it. I'll, I feel I'll like you're setting yourself up to not like it already before you even see it. I, I, you know, I probably am. You're probably right, but I still feel like you even did this as with just Batman a teaser, versus Superman. But even as just a teaser, that trailer it just feels extremely generic. So I'm hope I'm really want to. I really want to hold judgment. I mean, I know I just said it's, it looks like shit, yeah. but I really want to hold full judgment of anything of how I feel about this movie until I see an actual trailer. I wish we could and take know more about the it. podcast into the theater and talk about it while we're watching it. <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> we, we could just call it theater and like, hey, can we do a like an after hours showing where we just podcast while we're watching the movie? I mean, is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> I bet you they'd freak out about the uh, audio though. Uh, yeah, because we can't record the audio of the movie. Yeah. Be cool though. Well, that'd be awesome. 
We could we'll s- sneak let's in. Let's call some theaters. <laughs> <laughs> sneak it in. Well, we Use to lapel, lapel mics. Look, right? <laughs> we'll never know. Like, shut up. Why are you guys talking back there? We're on a podcast right now. Dude, we, did a, <laughs> we did that interview with Mike Grell on the lapel mic connected to my phone. Yeah, and it worked great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did all the interviews at in San Francisco on those lapel mics. On the phone? Yeah, I'm on my phone. Yeah, actually, I had to... So I, I lost the lapel mics that we used in San Francisco or in San Diego. So while I was in San Francisco, I had to order them and had them delivered to my hotel. Oh, my God. So I could use them for the con there because I wanted to do some interviews. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> we have some good stuff coming up. We're going to do some – we actually got some episodes we're doing research on, like both of us, like real research. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, our next episode that's going to come out is going to be an interview with somebody we both like. Yeah, we've already said it like a million times. Yeah, but it's next. This is true. This is true. We had I mean, a, we had it set for <laughs> Saturday. We had a reschedule, which is fine. Somebody like this guy coming on, we'll reschedule a million times if he needs it. <laughs> and I'll I'll let you say his name because I can't pronounce it. Well, there's a few different ways that has been on the internet, right? Because when I read when I read it, it was uh, J M Dematis or Dematis. That's how I said it in my head. Right. And then I right could have sworn I watched an interview. Where he said, you could say it Dematis, but the actual pronunciation is Dematis, but either way, it's fine for him. We should ask him on the show. Yeah, we're definitely going to ask him. I'm going to say Dematis because I'm pretty sure that's how he said it. Right. You know. I mean, we asked Scott Godleski of Copperhead how to do his name, too. Yeah, because I thought it was Scott Godlewski. Right. And he goes, no, the W is actually silent. Right. Which I've never, ever seen a W be silent before. Now you have. Yeah, right? (laughs) It's kind of weird. It's like, why is that W silent? Well, get out of here, W. Yeah, get out of the name. Just get out of there. You don't need to be there. <laughs> but I'm we excited. Got that coming up. We got, this makes, yeah, it's going to be this fun. This makes sense to go over Spider-Man. Yeah. After talking, because we can ask a lot of questions about Spider-Man with Dematis. Because yeah. he wrote Craven's Last Hunt, widely considered the best story ever told with Spider-Man. And it's not even a Spider-Man story. It's a Craven story. It is a Craven is story, so but it's, you know... You know what's you know what sucks about the industry today, and I, it's something I don't like. That story would never be in the main Spider-Man storyline today. No, why is that? They would make that a miniseries because it's not a Spider-Man centric story. It's a Craven story. Craven's Last Hunt would be published as a miniseries outside of the main continuity, or, or even in continuity, but outside of the main storylines, and it would be published as the, as a graphic novel or something. It would they would not do it in the actual storylines now because nowadays it's all they don't do they don't. I know. I feel like they don't take the risks like that, where they have they'll take a, a you know a nine issue story or whatever, set their main character as actually the secondary character and tell a story. You know, it's all it's all about this bigger world, this these bigger issue crossing events happening, not a tight story within itself. Even though I know Craven's Last Hunt crossed over the different Spider Man titles, yeah. which makes sense. You know, but it was all it, contained within the Spider Man yeah universe, exactly. I guess you could say. But it's very much not a Spider-Man story, you know. It's a, it's it's a Craven story with Spider-Man, which is what makes it so good. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, yeah. I can just imagine back then if you were reading Spider-Man stories, just going through them, and all of a sudden you have you have this, a new story starts, and it's that, and it's just it's just cool, you know. It's just it's something different. And we can ask Dimitrescu what he felt about the costume. And was he happy yeah, that yeah. he they're all against the, the with the black costume? Or for you, really wanted that the classic co- the classic costume? Yeah, because he would he wouldn't have had a, at that time he wouldn't have had a choice. See, because see for me. I was 10, 11 years old when I started reading Spider-Man with the black costume. And so yeah. my, my whole, almost my first, first foray of reading Spider-Man and getting into Spider-Man, he was already in the black costume. Yeah, well, it's, like, it's like me with Green Lantern and Flash. My introduction to Green Lantern and Flash was Wally West 
and Kyle Rayner, not Hal Jordan and Barry Allen. Oh. So I grew up thinking Flash was Wally West and how and how and how Jordan was gone and it was Kyle Reiner. That, that those those were my Green Lantern and Flash going up because those were the ones that were in the comic books and on the TV on the cartoons for twenty years. Yeah, I hated it when when they brought back the red and and, and blue for Spider Man. I hated it. Yeah, yeah, I did. I absolutely hated it. I knew that that wasn't it, when I got a little older. Then it was like, okay, it's cool. You know what I mean? Right, right. But my reaction was what people's reaction was. When they changed it to the black, I was like, I don't like this at all. I love the black costume. I thought it was so right. cool looking. It, it is cool. It's, it's sleek, very cool. And I, it's like, I, it, yeah, you know, and he just looked badass and they could do cool things in the shadows. And, yeah. you know, it just the visuals were awesome. Yeah. yeah. But I'm ex- I, I was ex- I'm excited, though, that I'm mean, not excited, but I was happy from a story point standpoint that they had they took it the way they did because then we got Venom and we got Carnage and we got well, Toxin and Anti-Venom and stuff. The, the, now I look back at the costume and it's just so iconic, the red and the blue yeah. and the little webbing yeah. and the armpits and everything. It's, 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 it's just different, you know? Yeah. So I like it. <laughs> I like it too. All right. We should probably stop or we're going to keep talking about Spider-Man on this episode. <laughs> right. This, this show. <laughs> all right. Tangent, tangent two, all Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the tangent, tangent two, Spider-Man tangent. <laughs> Right. Well, essentially, this, this whole thing's been a Spider-Man tangent. Oh. Besides the spider you murdered. Yeah. Oh God. I'm leaving. Somebody, whoever edits, leaves that in. Yeah, it's saying it's, 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 it's going to stay. Part of in. it in. That thing was huge, dude. That was scary, man. Coming um, right at me, dude. Like that was the sh- the stuff of nightmares, dude. It was so big. It was like, uh, it was like a wolf spider. <laughs> you should get a picture of it. No, it's dead. It's gone. It's in the trash. No. Good, I was good, like, good. oh, <laughs> I don't even remember how, what, I must have sounded like a little girl. Oh my God. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was, it sounded like you, I, I thought you spilled water in your laptop because you were like, oh shit. Oh God. Oh God. And like you got, you got really quiet away from the microphone. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck just happened? Did you just get murdered? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. That is a show. That's a we're show. We're going to get out of here. Done. Don't forget. <laughs> you can check us out on TuneIn and Stitcher and iHeartRadio now and yeah, Spotify, and Spotify and iTunes. iTunes. And you know what? Just look us up. Any podcatcher you use on your phone, just look up Spoiler Country and we'll be there. Yeah. We fill it out. The podcatcher catches That's it. That's right. Yep. <laughs> we just set them up. You can and talk to us on out. Twitter. You can talk to us on, you can email us at spoilercountry at gmail.com. You can check out our website at spoilercountrypod.com. You can hit us up on Instagram, on Facebook. Just search for Spoiler Country on either one of those platforms. You'll find us there. As always. I'm still getting a shiver from thanks, that spider. Right. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. It's fun to do this. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. We're out of here. Don't forget, expand your mind and read more. See ya. See ya.